Let us go to God in prayer. Take my mouth, Lord, and speak through it. Take our ears, Lord, and open them. Take our hearts, Lord, and set them on fire. Through Christ we ask it. Amen. So a little update from last week. Remember last week we talked a little bit about uh, how at the end of the year, uh, Oxford Dictionary and others picked the word of the year, and I had several options for them. They must have heard my sermon, because uh, the next, the very next day, uh, Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com both came out with their words of the year, and they chose pandemic. So that was on the list, not the one I would have picked, but that was the one. So keep, keep your eye out for the words of the year, so we'll have those updated throughout the year here. We all have these things in our lives, whether we know them or not, that we call rituals. Rituals are not just things that we have here in a worship space or a sanctuary. We can have these personal rituals that we do almost every day. Like, for example, maybe you, like many people, start out your day with a cup of coffee. And if you miss that cup of coffee, look out. Sometimes I find myself, even here at the office, and I think, why can I not formulate a sentence properly? Why can I concentrate on what is going on? And no, it's not because I have four children. It's because, I, because of those four children, I missed my cup of coffee. Maybe some of you eat the same breakfast every day. You drink the same coffee. You've been visiting the same restaurant since Carter was president. You know the people there by name. You know what's on the menu. I don't care what they changed it to. I want what's on the menu. I find myself doing this at McAllister's. Don't take away my spud Olay. <laughs> the poor worker, I have to tell her every time. I say, I don't know what, what you have to punch in that screen, but I, that's what I want. We have these rituals that guide our lives. And it's not just personal. Maybe, you know, the baseball players and sports fans are notorious for these practices. Baseball players and football players have special meals beforehand, and they have to wear certain shoes and, and jerseys, and it's a big thing in hockey not to cut your hair when you're in the playoffs. Maybe when you're at home, you sit in a special chair wearing your favorite jersey, and not... Because if they don't, then by some reason, they, your team will have lost. Something in the cosmos wasn't right. Someone got hurt. There is a ritual where you don't talk to a pitcher during a no-hitter. Announcers are not supposed to even mention that one is going on because somehow 80 yards up in the press box, he can hear you. Also, does he not know that he's doing that? These rituals that we have guide us and form who we are. 
Just like here in this religious space, we prepare the sanctuary for Advent. We come to the table for communion. And some of our most favorite ones that have been turned upside down by COVID is we sit in the same place every Sunday. Now we can't because of social distancing. We do these things because they have special meanings in our, our lives. And they're not just something we do just because, because there's that faithful reason behind it. There's a connection that is being made between the action that we're doing and the person or the group that is involved. We try to prepare ourselves for things that come up in our lives. But things pop up here and there, and our expectation may rise, and then we become disappointed when they don't meet our picture-perfect expectation. That Hallmark movie scene is just not happening. And I don't just mean when it comes to whether or not your favorite restaurant changed the menu, or whether or not we're playing a big get-together. Even in our religiosity, sometimes things don't line up. We plan and we plan, trying to get it all together, and actions are just that. They can just become these things that we do, devoid of feeling and meaning. They're done because that's what we do. And rarely do we ask, why? Because the answer usually is, because that's what we do. We work hard for these moments etch in our brains. We, we long for those times when they arrive, when we receive attention, when we are lauded with praises and gifts. They happen to involve memories and happiness, and that's something we're all longing for right now. Sometimes we can plan and plan, and these things that we're planning for are sources of more stress than they are happiness, more fret than satisfaction. Why is it that sometimes we're happier that it's all over than when it actually was happening? If we spend all of our time focusing on things that don't matter, then we'll be unfulfilled during a time when it should be the happiest. And that, my friends, is the opposite of Advent. The scripture we heard today on the second Sunday of Advent points us to Isaiah 40. And it's a familiar passage, and one that maybe you've heard before at a funeral. And we're faced with this passage that on the surface sounds kind of different. The prophet is declaring what God is speaking to the people of Israel. And in this passage, we hear the prophet's call to remember that God is in control. And the people are to prepare the way of the Lord. This making a highway for our God is an allusion to the Babylonian religious practices where they would parade their gods in the streets. And Isaiah is reminding the people to hold on to their faith, to hold on to the ways of God, and to prepare themselves for their God is coming. In this passage, a declaration is being made. Here is your God. The Lord will come with might and strength. God will feed God's people, the flock, like a shepherd, and gather them in God's arms. 
It's hard to read this passage without immediately jumping to the 23rd Psalm. And for our Christian ears, we hear Christ being the good shepherd. The prophet Isaiah reminds them that the promises of God, the promises of the covenants, the promises of the scriptures will stand when everything around them has fallen, even the great and powerful Babylon. As one scholar puts it, it is an end of the strife and the forgiveness of sin that heralds a new relationship. You see, a change is coming. Something different is happening. God is making a way. Take comfort and hear the good news, my friends. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We've mentioned it before, and more than likely we'll mention it again. That Advent is a time of waiting, of expectant waiting. Today, our scripture that we hear today, on the way to the manger, there's no prophetic call of a Savior, no angelic messenger, No song by anyone who heard the call of God. There's no familiar tale about a man with camel hair clothes and eating bugs and honey. No. Today we are met with a call to prepare, to get ready, to make sure that all is right. But we need to understand, however, to think of the way that we understand about our, our, our idea of preparation. In our 21st century, constantly on the go, living and dying by our calendars and text notifications, preparing is not the same as planning. Preparing is not the same thing as being busy. Preparing is not about perfection. Preparing is so much deeper than all of those things. Preparing, especially during the season of Advent, is about examination. Not a test you took in school. But Advent is about examination. It's about looking at ourselves and our families, our relationships, our town, our state, our world. Through the lens of the coming of the Messiah. And we hold that up to the light of God. And we look to see where change needs to happen and where life needs to be given. It can be hard to prepare the way of the Lord. While the world is busy around us, stringing up lights and wrapping gifts and cutting down trees. But in the distance, the light of Advent shines on, guiding us, illuminating our way, pushing back the darkness, giving us a point to hone, on in, hone, hone in on as we wait with great expectation for the birth of Jesus the Christ. And while we're preparing with all of that is associated with the season, our scripture today has called us to put that aside for a little bit. Now, Don't go home and tell your friends that I told you not to decorate your house. There's nothing wrong with decorating. 
But when the focus is more on the decor than the destination of Advent, then we have a problem. You see, God is coming. God is making a way to us on this earth. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God is coming. And we must ensure that we are ready, not just our homes and not just our trees and not just our parties, not just our cars and not just our businesses. We must make sure that our hearts are ready. Our minds are ready. Our souls are ready as well. Isaiah shows us that in God's realm, there will be a change. There is a radical cosmic shift in the, in the way that life can be, will be, should be, and needs to be in God's presence. In those places of darkness, in those places where we don't want to go, like that place in the Lion King, that dark, shadowy place where we're not supposed to go, it is in those places where God will meet us, and the light of Advent will push us, push back the darkness. And life will spring forth. This reordering will affect the way that Israel views each other, views outsiders, views the world, and even views their God. How then can Advent and this journey to the manger produce that same change, that same shift in us? This examination should not just be a checklist of things to do or have ready but a soul-searching, longing to be prepared for the coming of the Messiah. It's like the old hymn says, let every heart prepare him room. The coming of, of the God of the universe should strike in our hearts an equal measure of fear and joy. This is no small event. This is not something we can work in between lunch and gift wrapping. It's a monumental event. An event that the world up until this point has not seen. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This Advent, our vision should not be one of just getting through it. And look, I know 2020 has not been the easiest for a lot of us. And yes, we all want that same sense of normalcy to return back before COVID was here. But Advent has given us a gift. And not one that we can wrap up and put under a tree. It's not about getting through it all. But Advent invites us to be intentional and thoughtful about our journey. Isaiah's passage calls us to begin to question how we are preparing our hearts and our minds and our souls for the coming of Christ. Will we be prepared for the inbreaking of the divine? Or will we miss it because our attention was elsewhere? Are we ready for that moment? Are we ready to prepare? 
Preparation means examining our lives in the light of who God is and what God is calling us to do. Advent reminds us that the status quo will no longer suffice. The way that we have been living, the way that we have been giving, the way that we have, lo be have been loving, all must align with the heart of God. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, talking about preparation might instill some anxiety in us. That's our cultural, culture's norm. But this Sunday in Advent, the second Sunday, is about God's peace. If you ever forget that, it's the second Sunday. That's the peace sign. But this Sunday, being about God's peace should give us a sense of calm. Rushing around, filling up our calendars does not provide the peace that comes with being in a relationship with God. If we are intentional about our spiritual practices, about our giving, or our outlook on life, and the peace of God will fill us, and we will see Advent as a different time, a special time, a holy time. If we take time to slow down, to reflect, to just breathe, then we'll be surrounded by the peace of God, the comfort of of God that is declared in, in chapter 40, 40, verse 1. The breath of God moving, blowing on our lives. This means that when Christ arrives on December 25, we are ready. Christ's birth will have a, more, have a deeper, more tangible meaning than just another day on the calendar. When we have this peace, this stillness, this comfort, it allows us to step back and to pause. The way we look at things is framed now in a different way, a different orientation. There's a new outlook on our lives, we begin to see what is truly important, what is truly valuable. And I know in Longview and in Texas and, in, and all across the U.S. and the world, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of uncertainty. This has not been a peaceful year for many, many households. There's been a lot of name-calling, a lot of scorn, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questions, not enough answers. But the Prince of Peace is coming. So are we prepared? This Advent, we must remove the distractions and the barriers that we will construct and that will constrict us from experiencing the new baby Jesus. I'm not saying don't celebrate. I'm not saying don't give gifts. But what I am saying, it is completely okay to simplify. I am giving you a ministerial dispensation. 
I am giving you the permission to take the pressure off of yourself. Slow down. Relax. Breathe. Focus on the heart of Advent. Seek the peace of God that is found in this time. This year's Advent and Christmas are going to be different. So why not take some time and try some new ways to prepare for the coming of Christ? Let us be open to new ways of listening to God, to learning about Advent, to reflecting on familiar stories. Let's find new ways to connect with the story of God. Let's read the birth narratives with new and fresh eyes. Let's pray for each person who sends you a Christmas card. And pray for those people that when you send a Christmas card to. Let's tell those stories of Christmas past. Let's tell the story of why you have that ornament that you've been hanging on to since 1986. Let's tell the story of those who've gone on before us. Isn't that a deeper more spiritual way to prepare for the coming of Christ. For God will be with us. God will stay with us. The story of the coming of Christ cannot and will not be stopped by a pandemic. It just might look different. It is my hope and my prayer that by doing so, we will rest in the peace of God. And may the light of Advent shine in our hearts and light the way for the Christ child, whom we expectantly wait. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Amen.